Hi, you're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about the series Fruit Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And this is our fourth episode, and we're going to be talking about chapter seven and eight of the manga. We're going to do our discussion, we're going to have a summary of what happened, we're going to talk about what happened, and then we're going to talk about spoilery stuff that happened. So chapter seven opens with an omake. If you're reading the Tokyo Pop version, I can't. I think in the other versions it might be at the beginning of the chapter as well, about um, Hanajima and her brother. So we learned that Hanajima has a brother, and she says they look nothing alike, and of course... <laughs> They look exactly the same. <laughs> At the beginning of the chapter proper, we see a person who is dressed, I think, similarly to the person that Shigure, we saw with Shigure in chapter one, who we assume was Akito, the head of the Soma family, um, in kind of a traditional looking garden. Overlaid is the narration. And so a new banquet begins. We cut to Shigure's house where everyone is moving Shigure's library, apparently, to make room for a bedroom for Kyo. And Toru trips and drops some books, and Yuki and Kyo argue, and then Shigure breaks it up, so it's just business as usual <laughs> in Shigure's house. Um, there's kind she, of a. Where's Kyo sleeping before this? <laughs> I, I think. So in the chapter with Kagura, they set Kagura up in Shigure's like, office. There's. The Shigure's house is kind of mysterious. I feel like it grows different rooms. It's kind of like a, like the chocolate factory from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Like it just has like, there's obviously the kitchen and the living room. And then there, I think that there's a room off of one of those rooms that's an office. And I think that that's where Kagura was staying. And when Toru went to talk to Kyo on the roof, she was like, oh yeah, you don't have a room or something like that. Like really... <laughs> It was kind of, I didn't, I don't think I even talked about it in the summary, but she mentioned it in passing. So maybe he was sleeping there. Um, I guess they're just making a permanent room for him, which is kind of weird. That's so far into this. Like he's been living yeah. there for a while. I guess I just want to give a shout out to Kyo's pants that randomly have belts <laughs> around the knees. Yeah. Kyo's sense of fashion. <laughs> we haven't talked about any of their clothes except for maybe, I think I mentioned Shigure. He wears a kimono, he says, because it's like the, the tools of a novelist. The kimono and pen are the, the tools of a novelist. But I feel like you could do a whole discussion about their clothes. Mm-hmm. Although I think it might just be style. It's cute. Because yeah. Yuki always wears these kind of like, I guess you could call them like Chinese inspired clothes that have these like high collars and then the way they're buttoned up and stuff. Like he has a bunch mm-hmm. of shirts that look like that. And Kyo is always wearing the Kim Possible outfit. <laughs> as I think the fandom has noted, <laughs> which is like cargo pants and like kind of a crop top, yeah. um, or this pants with like, like belts. Yeah, this one looks like those like pants you can like tear, unzip the bottom to make them into shorts, <laughs> except with like a buckle instead. Convertible pants. I can't yeah. remember what they're called. Yeah, it does look like that. Or or they're like his like goth phase pants where they have like yeah. extra bits and. Things. He just borrowed bar- them from a Final Fantasy character. Clearly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> They've always got extra belts. They do. It's fashion belts. That's what they're for. Fashion belts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so in this scene, there's a kind of a recap of where we're at, which is like either narration or Toru's dialogue, maybe internal monologue, that's like the family is possessed and they turn into animals of the Chinese zodiac when they're hugged. And their secret doesn't change the fact that they're kind and pleasant people. So it must be Toru's in her monologue. Um, <laughs> um, and then Toru's living with them and she's promised to keep their secret. And she's really looking forward to what will happen next with a nice kind of relaxed smile. Um, and it seems that Kyo is treating <laughs> moving the libraries with a competition with Yuki. And he's 
he kind of proclaims that and he announces that he's filled a shelf faster than Yuki and Shigure is like, stop, you're damaging the books. <laughs> like, <laughs> yo, come on. Um, this whole scene is interrupted by the doorbell ringing and Toru's friends, Hana and Nuo, have arrived. Um, and Toru introduces them to, I guess, to Shigure because Yuki and Kyo know her or know them. And she introduces them as her dear best friends. Shigure greets them. And Kyo and Yuki share this kind of apprehensive look in the background. <laughs> we have this flashback where Shigure is... Uh, Toru asks Shigure if her friends can stay over. And he says he doesn't mind as long as they don't find out about the curse. And she thanks him with her hands clasped in excitement. And he asks what kind of girls her friends are. And Kyo, who has like popped out in the background, perhaps from the bath because he has like a towel and he's all steamy. Um, <laughs> he says... That they're a Yankee thug and a psychic freak. And Toru makes this kind of like, eh, shocked face. <laughs> um, well, I can't argue. It's like, <laughs> this kind of face is used a lot. And I don't really know. Sometimes I look at it and I don't know how to describe it. It's like a small-eyed face. <laughs> so this, then we have this flashback within a flashback. Where Toru is having lunch. Okay. Yeah, it's flashbackception for sure. <laughs> Toru is having lunch outside with her friends. Um. And she has finally revealed to them that she's been living with the Somas and not her family and then apologized for not telling them sooner. And she assures her friends that they're good people and that they shouldn't worry. And Hanajima says it's kind of a shock. And she wonders what would happen if the Yuki Soma fangirls found out about the arrangement. And Uo says that she thought that Toru was spending a lot of time with Kyo and Yuki and now she finally understands why. And Hana's then like, well, you realize we have to come over and make sure it's a suitable environment for you to live in. And Uo's like, let's go today. And then Hana's like, no, they won't have any snacks. And Uo's like, good call. We have to be considerate. I mean, <laughs> so they make up their minds to visit Toru on the weekend. And the whole time they're making this, having this discussion, Toru was like, um, uh, uh, oh, okay. Also, during the whole lunch, Hana only ate snacks. It was like a bag of chips and then like some Pocky. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> Never really paid attention to that before. So we flash back to the current where Uo and Hana have arrived um, and Shigure encourages them to make themselves at home. So they're kind of looking around like they have these looks like they're kind of like looking off to the corners of the pages like <laughs> like hmm, interesting. Kyo and Yuki kind of talk to Shigure on the side and Kyo is like are you sure this is a good idea? Like she sees waves or whatever. And Shigure is <laughs> like okay sera sera Kyo whatever will be will be. And Yuki's like no you really are out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, suddenly Hana is like a dog and Kyo and Yuki and Shigure like uh, jump in a kind of a panic but it turns out that a little doggo has randomly showed up and Shigure is like oh bad dog bad dog and Kyo kind of clutches his chest and Yuki rests his head on his hand in relief also in the background I noticed that Toru is carrying something like she's carrying cups and then she's carrying a little pot I don't know what that's supposed to be because later then she's bringing she's, anyway I'll talk about it in a second but she's carrying like a soda bottle so it's like, what is in there? Like, maybe some snacks? But what is it? It who, What snacks are you bringing in, like, a pot? I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Just <laughs> Or, like, a bowl with a lid. I don't know. Anyway, Uo asks about Shigure, um, and she asks what he does for a living, and he says he's a novelist, and Toru was like, you're a novelist? So much so that he, she drops the pop bottle that I was just mentioned that she was carrying. Um, mm -hmm. Yuki is like, what is it that you write? Belle lettre? I don't know how to say that. It's literature for literature's sake. <laughs> and then he's like, I write these. And it's like this smutty book <laughs> that he brings up, I guess. And Kyo and Yuki and Uo have these like shocked, super shocked expressions. And Hana like doesn't give a fuck. 
and Toro's eyebrows are just kind of raised. Like, they're all kind of shocked, but Toro's kind of like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> and then Sugar is like, no, just kidding. I, oh, I didn't mean that. I also write these, but it still looks like a romance novel. I can't remember what the title is. Yeah, so he writes he writes smut listen <laughs> so toru is like that's amazing and kyo is like what's so amazing about being a perv and yuki's like for once i agree with you <laughs> so toru is impressed and shiguri is kind of basking in all like the attention that he's getting from this yuki tells uh tells toru to stop so that shiguri doesn't get a swelled head and kyo says he already has a swelled head and anyway, toru is happy that she made a new discovery about the family and then she also has an idea. She asks him to wait for a minute while she goes to get something. Um, and Shigeru takes his leave to go work on Smut. Um, also, as a also, side note, yeah. Probably the same side note. Hana is reading the oh, yeah. Smutty novel throughout the rest of the scene. That's, that's right. She picks up the novel and she's like delicately picks it up and then quietly is reading it. <laughs> I looked up what Belle Lettre is because I had no idea. And apparently, so like I said, it's supposed to be literature for literature, literature's sake. Um, also, someone who writes that genre is called can be called a belletrist, not to be confused with bellatrix, not to be confused with belittlers, which is an, an anagram for belletrist. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I learned something new while I was working on this. What I'll have to say. You learned something new today. I did. Not just today, but many <laughs> many days. <laughs> Yes, in the middle of that page, there's this panel of Uo's face where it looks like she's kind of realizing something. Uo says it looks like Toru was pretty used to living there, and she's glad. Um, and she understood why Toru didn't want to tell them before. She also says that to, to Yuki and Kyo that she and Hana swore on Kyoko's grave that they would look out for Toru. And maybe that wouldn't be a big deal to some people, but Toru is their best friend and they love her. Toru was stuck up for them many times, and it's a big deal for them that they didn't get a chance to return the favor, that she was suffering alone, and they didn't notice, and they really let her down. Um, and we see a flashback of kind of younger-looking Toru in a school, a different school uniform in that time. Oh yeah, and the whole, as you said, the whole time, Hana is reading Shigure's book, kind of in the <laughs> background. Kyo, after that kind of like, uh, the bit of dialogue from Uo, Kyo says that she wouldn't want uh, you to think that. And Hana, or she wouldn't think like that. And Hana looks up from her book when he says that. And Yuki also adds that Toru isn't the type to see her life as a glass half empty. And Hana fully lowers the book with kind of a look <laughs> of realization. But that conversation is interrupted when Toru returns because it's time to play Daihin Min, bitches. Um, <laughs> so Yuki, Yuki looks a bit apprehensive, like he's a little bit blushy. And Kyo and Uo immediately start betting on who will dye their hair what color depending on who wins <laughs> i think it's like kyo's gonna bleach his hair more and uo's gonna have to dye her hair black or something depending on who wins and who loses i don't know anyway toru ignores them and asks yuki to cut the deck and he's like oh okay and he has like a really nice little smile kind of blushy blushes so we cut to shigure on the phone i guess in his office or wherever he's working and he hears the sound of them arguing. You can he I guess there's the sound of them arguing in the background. Uh, and he's like, oh, Toru's friends are here. We cut back to the table where they're playing. And U and Kyo are both standing on the table and being like, bitch this and bastard that. <laughs> and arguing about the game. And Yuki is like, ooh, I have a winning hand. And Toru is like, see, I need to be good at this. So they're all kind of getting along. And Yuki's joined in. Uh, spending like time Uo and Kyo's weird friendship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they have a mutual friendship that's based on competition as well. Yeah, but like the healthy version, not like the way yeah. that he 
fights with Yuki. <laughs> yes. So later that night, in Toru's room, on Toru's giant fucking bed, <laughs> it was like, man, my, my throat is sore from yelling so much. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Like, look at the bed. Look at this bed. It's like a king bed. All three of them can fit in it. And she says that Shigure bought it for her and one of them makes his comments like he's acting like an old man with his first grandkid which is like also really weird <laughs> like what is what is the symbolism of buying someone a bed I don't know I tried to google it I wasn't successful I it's it's a little weird I think I don't know what it is about it like what is he trying to do anyway whatever <laughs> I guess he's just trying to be nice but it seems like overkill like, how do I be nice to a normal person <laughs> not a member of my weird family? <laughs> I know. A bed. <laughs> what does every girl want? A giant bed. Uh, someone, there's like, some of these parts with dialogue, I tried to guess who it was that was talking, but sometimes it's it's one of Toru's two friends. So it, it's a little hard to tell. Anyway, but just to characterize the whole rest of what I'm going to say, um, I think it's Arisa who's like, huh, Toru, you still have this old hat? And also I noticed that their speech bubbles look a little bit different, which is cool. So like, if you're looking at the chapter if you pay attention to the detail you can kind of follow these different like outlines of their speech bubbles that look slightly different mm -hmm. um also in the japanese version when i was looking at some of these things i noticed there are a lot of different fonts like there's a lot more just from a kind of a design perspective because i'm interested in that they use there's a lot of different typefaces that are used which i thought was cool in the tokyo pop one sometimes there are but there's way less i don't know just as a side note, if anybody cares about that kind of thing, you should look it up. <laughs> Kyo also, we see him because he hears them talking from the hallway and his interest is kind of peaked. So he hangs around outside during this conversation. So Toru continues saying that the hat has sentimental value to her. This is a hat that we saw in chapter. It looks like the same hat as what we saw in chapter one or chapter two, whatever, in her tent. So she says that one day some boys were chasing her and she was really scared I think in the last chapter, when she was talking about the Fruits Basket game, she said the boys used to pick on her a lot. So maybe this is like mm -hmm. another incident of that. Matoru, in this time that she's talking about, she kept running and running and got lost. And then she hid and she stayed there all night. So like, I remember this story from before, but I didn't realize that she stayed there all night. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was just like kind of a while, not all night. Like that's really scary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, she stayed there all night crying. And in the morning, a boy showed up wearing this hat, the one that she's holding. And he stared at her for, for a bit and then ran off. And she followed him, kind of running after him, but she could never catch up. And she thought that she lost him several times. Like, she tripped and fell in the sixth story. That in the We see that she trips and falls and kind of gets a boo-boo. Um, but he waited for her. and But then he stayed still just out of reach of her. Um, and in her memory, baby Toru is, like, panting and wheezing. And she realizes that she's finally caught up to the boy. And the boy places the hat on her head and then she realizes that he had led her home and she tried to thank him but he was already gone um so we cut back out of this flashback or out of this memory to kyo who remained listening to her story outside and one of toru's friends is like what a wonderful memory wouldn't it be an even better story if you met him again and fell in love and toru was like i'll never see him again <laughs> and the whoever the friend is who says I it's like i can't tell whose dialogue it is i'm sorry um <laughs> The, she's like, you'll never know. You never know. It's a small world. And Toru says that if they met again, she would thank him. But, you know, he's probably forgotten all about it. Um, and then Kyo has turned to walk away. And we also see Yuki shown in bed and he's reading a How to Grow Delicious Vegetables book. Mm -hmm. um, and Toru says, in a way, that boy might be my first, might be my first love or was my first love. And her friends, I think it's Uo, 
comments and says that she's had it tough and she's like that's not true at all um and that she's always being reminded of how lucky she's been she gets to live with the somas who she thinks are great she had a mother who loved her very much and she has the two best friends in the world who are always there for her and that she loves her life and loves both of them which is very sweet uo and hana say that it's just like kyo and yuki said toru is the kind of person who focuses on the things she has and who treasures where she is now and like we close this scene with one of them saying, we all have an, un we have an unrivaled friendship, don't we? And Toru is like, yep. It's easy to tell which dialogue box is Toru's because it's like bubbly, <laughs> which is very sweet. So we had this really cute scene between them where she talks about this story. So the next morning, Kyo is up drinking milk straight out of the carton like a heathen. Um, and Yuki is <laughs> shuffling. Cat. Or cat. I mean, whatever. I guess cats don't care. Except cats can't have milk, right? So whatever. <laughs> That's the trope, though, I guess. That's supposed to, but they like it. <laughs> Um, Yuki is shuffling around in the kitchen half awake and he like rests his head on Kyo's shoulder and he's like get off get off <laughs> um, Toru shows up and is like oh Samukun isn't a morning person is he and Kyo is like wake up damn it <laughs> Toru is like I'm impressed that you Kyo didn't hit him even though he probably wanted to and Kyo says that he's stronger when he's asleep and that means that he's been going easy on Kyo when he's awake and Yuki is so thick skin and cold hearted doesn't have to try and he's like I hate that damn rat and then this is cut off by Yuki punching him um, saying that Kyo's stupid voice woke him up and in the background Toru picks up the milk carton that he threw <laughs> and Yuki Yuki wants to know what Kyo is yelling about they're back to their usual uh, Kyo's back to his usual shtick of being like I'll take you down one of these days I won't stop I'll defeat you and then Hana pops in and is like a cat and a mouse which catches all of them <laughs> off guard just like the first time when she was like a dog <laughs> and Kyo's little kitty ears perk up I think this is like <laughs> one of the first times that we've seen this representation of him where when he's angry he has his little cat ears i think there might have been some other times i think it might have been in like uh, like the chibi faces yeah probably but not really in like a full like panel. presentation like this one yeah perhaps but yeah it's definitely it's early on so it, it was like oh yeah like tom and jerry or whatever um and hana says that things in the house seem pretty fun but if anyone were to hurt toro she would do things to them and you can cure like what things um, she hears, she says their ways are different, but they're good. And Yuki are, and Kyo are like, what? <laughs> and Hana, Uo and Hana uh, say that they're counting on Yuki and Kyo to take care of Toru. And, and Yuki and Kyo are like, it's like they're giving her a way to be married. <laughs> um, Uo says they'll come again. And Hana says she'd like to continue to investigate the strange waves coming from the Soma house. And as they leave, Kyo is like, I don't know about having women over so much and Toru was like but I promise to be careful with your secret and Uo and Hana are really good people so and and Kyo and Yuki are kind of like ah, whatever just like do what you want they're your friends they kind of look a bit exasperated but they'll mm -hmm. put up with it because they care about her obviously um, and they all kind of wonder where Shigure is and so we cut to again what looks like a traditional mm -hmm. house it looks like kind of the same as the opening scene at the beginning of this chapter and Shigure is shown from below um with his kimono kind of slightly open saying that since Toru came Yuki and Kyo have matured um and he would like to see them continue in that direction and he's talking to someone who's off screen he says knowing you you probably think this whole plan is doomed to fail I feel sorry for you Toru-kun is a dozen times a better person than you are um it seems like the person that we assume from before who's shown with kind of like dark short hair who we assume is Akito is shown from above, so looking down at Akito. And maybe on like a soft surface, like a bed or something, like you can see there's some wrinkly stuff in the background. And that 
person who also we assume is Akito says, I'm, I'm aware of when my glass is half empty. Um, also in kind of the bottom left-hand side of the panel on the same page, we see a dead or falling bird that's shown. And this narration is overlaid saying, it's the beginning of a new banquet. Wherever the journey may lead, even God doesn't know. And that's the end of chapter seven. <sighs> Sometimes I stop breathe, talk, breathing when I talk <laughs> for a lot, a long time. <laughs> some water. All right. No, it's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. <laughs> okay. So let's move on to chapter eight. So on the cover art for chapter eight, Hana is shown in like a witch's hat with a voodoo doll and an upside down cross necklace and also a, like this cape thing on her dress and like lace gloves just because i don't know listen i just thought it was interesting <laughs> i just wanted to call that out it looks kind of like chrono crusade to me it does yeah you're right yeah, it's a lot of imagery in one yeah. <laughs> it's and i feel like it's not landing but whatever i mean hana is a goth we know i mean <laughs> this is kind of weird like use of like quote-unquote christian imagery and a lot of anime like that yeah or i mean to be fair a lot of western media uses imagery from other <laughs> religions in weird ways yeah I think totally it's kind of the same thing just <laughs> perhaps it's just, it's just imagery we're more familiar with every day so it looks weirder to us <laughs> perhaps yeah i think it is also like i think there's some other things in her kind of like aesthetic also i think it's just a stylistic part of her aesthetic um yeah yeah but like that kind yeah. of weird weird use of that kind of imagery is in things like Chrono Crusade yeah, like and just Helsing said. and stuff. So Yeah. Well, but I mean, feel like some mm-hmm. of that has a place like in Van Helsing, it's all, or in Helsing, it's all uh, yeah. like they're fighting vampires. I mean, it usually shit. has a reason for it. It's just used in kind of like a slightly off way. Yeah. The so, same so way. Good old appropriation. Yeah. Yeah. The same way, same way non-Western cultures sometimes get used in Western media. Yes. In just a or slightly in, off way. Yes. In real life, you know. Yeah. Okay, so chapter eight opens with all the students getting ready for the cultural festival. Woo! Um, the class. I wish we had those. Those sound fun every time I see you. I know. <laughs> cultural festival episode of an anime. Oh, we had I some. Make, make food and sell things. You didn't have any things like that in school? Because we had, when I was in elementary school, we had Colonial Day, which is probably a celebration we should stop having in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like dress up like you're from the like original colonies and have not really like not quite to the stuff. extent sometimes it's not the same it wasn't the same as like culture day yeah culture day seems fun mm-hmm. there's like way more stuff going on also i think like the public can come like it seems like there's always a lot yeah. of people when they show it, it it always seems like a little like like a little carnival yeah almost. which so seems fun like, go and buy food and go see little things, things. Um, i guess like, our yeah. our school also my elementary school had a fall festival um, that was like open, completely open to the public. So like I went a couple of times when I was older and they had like moon bounces and like, and like um, there was like a pumpkin carving contest and stuff like that. I feel like, mm-hmm. and I bet there was like a costume contest and stuff. I feel like that's probably the equivalent. Mm-hmm. That's the closest thing at least. Yeah, it would be nice. I don't know. We never had anything yeah. like that. It's probably a, uh, you probably have trouble doing a, let the public come into an elementary school thing. Uh, yeah, days. probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> That was a lot more chill back then. <laughs> this was the 90s, so. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So anyway, chapter eight. They're all getting ready for the cultural festival. Um, and Toru's class, Toru and Yukinkyo and Uo and Hana's class, is getting ready to prepare um, an onigiri stand. That's what they're doing for their 
contribution to the culture fest and they have to decide on the flavors and Toru is like onigiri desani <laughs> um <laughs> yuki is up at the front of the class with another girl who's kind of conducting this situation that's going on and Toru is sitting in her seat paying attention uo is laying on the desk with her head down and hana's <laughs> playing with uo's hair this time so not toru's for once <laughs> and they definitely look super engaged Toro's the only one who looks engaged there's like some other people in the background who are just like sitting on desks and like laying around um so it looks like Toro's the only one paying attention uh and Toro suggests that they have a three flavor onigiri and all the fangirls are like ew what if you got like kelp and chicken and umeboshi all in one ew ew disgusting and uo is like <laughs> what's really disgusting is your blatant jealousy well she like props up a quote-unquote bloodstained pipe on the girl's desk. <laughs> it's like, ooh, in the classroom with the lead pipe? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, uh, the girl is like, oh my god, she has this pipe. Anyway, whatever. Kyo breaks up that situation by suggesting that they do an onigiri fight to the death, and everyone is like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so Yuki suggests a buy three, get a, supri- a th- get a free surprise flavor situation, and everybody loves it, and they're all like, oh, Yuki's so great. And I mean, it is pretty cute. If, mm-hmm. uh, especially compared to fighting for the death <laughs> and like potentially I think he's flavors. recommending fighting to the pain, as it were. Oh, yeah, <laughs> perhaps. You know, life is pain. So, his <laughs> weapons are allowed, but no killing. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone else calls it a fight, an Onigiri death match or something later. <laughs> so, yes, I think you're right. And Kyo complains, and, and his all his little chums are like, don't pout Kyo Kyo. And he's like, don't call me Kyo Kyo, which mm-hmm. is also funny. So, they started calling him that. I think that's like the first time we have that nickname mm-hmm. for him. I feel like his chums are in these next couple chapters a lot. The ones that we talked yeah. about before. Um, There's a lot of teasing of Kyo in the next couple chapters. Yeah, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Yuki says that he then needs to go to a student council meeting and everyone barrages him with questions. So they're like, Yuki, wait, I, I need to know this. What about this? Which really annoys Kyo. And then suddenly a bunch of adorable kittens appear and all the kids are like, WTF, where did all these cats from? Boom. And mm-hmm. there's some like dialogue for the cats being like, what's wrong? Meow. Why are you angry, bro? Meow. Mm-hmm. And was like, I can't take it anymore. And he bounces and leaves the class. And everyone is kind of like, what? 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 And Yuki just kind of sighs. Perhaps it's a sigh, half of relief, half of annoyance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Hana pops up and is like, that's strange. And Uo's like, well, you're pretty strange yourself. <laughs> So they, they comment that Kyo is kind of a bad kid. He's like the opposite of, of Yuki, of Prince Yuki. And Toru looks a bit concerned. We cut to Kyo lying back, looking up, I guess, at this guy. So kind of angry. And he's on the roof of the school. And Toru pops up and is like, I found you. And he's like, ah, with his little kitty ears are out again, just like before. Kyo says that uh, she always sneaks up on him. And Toru comments that he likes high places. And she starts cuddling all the cats. And she's like, oh, they sure like you, don't they? And my favorite cat has a little <laughs> angry face. And he's sitting on Kyo's shoulder. I just wanted to throw <laughs> that out there. <laughs> um, and Kyo is like, I don't know. They just they just show up. Kyo explains. Um, he's like, I don't know. They just come. And he explains that the dogs come to the person who's possessed by the dog. And rats will come to the person who's possessed by the rat. And Toru's like, how fun. He's like, try being surrounded by like wild boars in the mountains with Kagura. And Toru was like, ha ha ha. And he's like, stop laughing. <laughs> like, is that a joke? Anyway. Um, I guess that's why the random dog showed up in the last chapter. I think so. And I guess that's how you can. I don't know if he can control it. But that's all the rats came. Yeah. In the first chapter. And his, I never said I was going alone. 
scene. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It seems like Kyo can't control it. Maybe Yuki can. It's not very clear at this point. I think maybe they like can if they want to, but they also like come when they're distressed. Mm-hmm. And I guess because there's dialogue, it's like implied that he can understand what the cats are thinking or saying, communicating to him. Yeah, because I think because like the ones that come to him, like the little dialogues, is like, "What's wrong? Why are you angry?" So yeah. it seems like they like responded to his <laughs> his his rage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They came to back him up to be his, like, boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Start snapping their fingers and fighting with their right hands. Stay cool, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, he... What do you think the crossover is between uh, Fruits Basket fans and West Side Story? <laughs> I don't know, but I hope just it's us. high. <laughs> it might just be us. <laughs> uh, he... He asks what Toru wants, and she says that she was worried about Kyo, so he asks if he's angry about anything, and Kyo kind of sets up, and he's like, as long as Yuki's there, the class doesn't need me. Yuki is smart, and he's witty and good with people, and everyone respects and trusts him. Yuki's better at martial arts than Kyo, even though he started studying after Kyo did. And we see this, what seems like a memory with kind of baby Yuki and baby Kyo, as if um, someone else is speaking. We see this narration that's like, children born the year of the rat are special especially compared to the cat um kyo says that it's not fair and he's special too and toru has this memory of what yuki said about kyo back in chapter four um yuki thinks that kyo is a type that attracts others to him and that if he wasn't cursed he would get along well with normal people and so we cut to that's kind of the end of the scene we cut to toru getting changed after work and she's still contemplating this she thinks that you know yuki and Kyo envy each other and respect each other's qualities. So, like, why can't they get along? Why can't they just be, like, how she imagined it in her memory a couple chapters ago? Or in her in her thoughts a couple chapters ago with them being, like, I misunderstood you. <laughs> she's walking, I guess, to leave and she trips. And she's, like, thinking of walking at the same time is dangerous. <laughs> um, she looks up and she sees a light-haired boy with bitchin' sunglasses chuckling at her whole outfit is pretty something it's definitely something (laughs) i appreciate his sunglasses the most though out of out of everything (laughs) that's just my personal opinion um and he's eating what looks like chocolate um and he has extra snacks in his shirt pocket he's all loaded up with snacks i'm like maybe (laughs) maybe he and hana would get along since hana only ate snacks the whole time they were having lunch in that flashback (laughs) um and that's clearly her agenda of course when they come Mm -hmm. over um, Toru greets him and she wonders why there's a boy in the building so late and I don't think we ever talked about this before but she clearly shows up cleaning and I think what it is that she does is that she cleans an office building or something mm-hmm. like I think she's there that's why she's there at night um, I know like in the office I work at our cleaners come in at night so I think that's probably why she's yeah. there uh, so he sees her note like her notebook has fallen out of her bag and he's like oh Toru Honda and she's like uh yeah that's that's me and the mysterious boy he starts saying something in German with a lot of exclamation points <laughs> that I've thrown into Google Translate to discuss later. <laughs> um, and Toro's like, oh, he no. He says it in one of the, um, in the author's note. Yeah. Author's notes, too. But. It's what he says here. I will skip ahead. What he says is I'm not going to read it in German. What he says as far as what it says in Google Translate and also like what is said in the author's note is like, oh, like how fortunate. Um, I'm happy to see you. And then he says, he compliments her. And it, it, the compliments are like, oh, like, very, very pleasant. Very cute. I think in the author's note specifically, it says that she's cute. She thinks she's cute. So 
Toru is like, oh no, it's a foreigner, and she apologizes for not speaking German, and he hops up, and he takes off his hat, and crosses his arms behind his back, and he kisses her on the cheek. And this is, of course, <laughs> extremely intimidating for Toru, who, like, <laughs> swirly eyes and blushes and runs off. She meets Yuki outside, who has come to pick her up like a true gentleman, I think. Um, and he asks what's wrong, and she's like, a weird and he's like a weird fork <laughs> um i also looked this up in case anybody cares i thought it was funny and it's clearly a pun which means that it's translated from something in japanese mm-hmm. so for the word for foreigner is gaijin so or the like a slang word for foreigner is gaijin so she's she's like a weird ga 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 and he's like a weird ga which is it means moth <laughs> which i thought was funny anyway so so translation note in case anybody cared. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, I can see Tori getting freaked out by a weird mom. Yeah, I guess that's why he asked. I don't know. <laughs> he just doesn't understand what she's trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she doesn't really respond. And he's she's like huffing and puffing. And, and she's kind of sweaty. Like it has this look um, in the drawing. And Yuki is, looks a bit concerned. And he asks if something happened. Like if someone harassed her. And she's like, what? No. Except that's totes what happened. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> Um, Toru doesn't want him to worry, so she's like, oh, no, it's nothing, and she thanks him for coming to pick her up, and Yuki says, if there's anything troubling you, you can always tell me about it, I can help, which is really sweet, like, this, their situation is getting a little bit reversed, because now he's offering to kind of listen to her troubles. Toru thinks again that Kyo and Yuki are so kind, and then, of course, why must they envy each other and fight so much? Um, we see the boy from before picking up the flyer that fell out of Toru's bag, which is the Culture Fest flyer, and he's eating already eating another lollipop. It's like, dude, you're it's gonna... like it's a lot of snacks. It's pop. so many like, snacks. <laughs> it's not just one or two. <laughs> no, he has a full. That's what I mean. He's fully equipped with snacks. <laughs> anyway, we cut to the next morning in the kitchen, um, and Kyo starts the day by greeting Toru with a loud "What the hell." <laughs> Every time Kyo shows up, he's like, what the heck? And like, I don't know, it's really funny. Tori's pretty used to this kind of greeting by I, now. I guess she must Just be. like, good morning. Hi, how are you? <laughs> um, turns out Toru is making some onigiri. I think she says she's experimenting with the flavors for the culture festival. And Kyo picks up one of the onigiri she made. And she's like, no, wait, that one's filled with leek. Um, because mm-hmm. she was doing research for the surprise onigiri. And so he, he stops just before taking a bite and puts it down. And then he's like, fine, I'll make my own. So he makes his own onigiri. And Toru is like, uh, Toru comments about how great he is at it and that he sh- she would never have guessed. Um, Kyo says that he needed to make his own food while he was training. But having them look nice and taste good are two different things. And Toru continues to compliment him, saying that if someone was training to make onigiri, they would be jealous of how he made them. And he's like, whatever. And he goes to watch some TV. And she's like... She's still contemplating this, like, issue that Kyo and Yuki are having, and she's like, I wonder why he can't see it. And out loud, she says, maybe it's stuck to his back. And Kyo stops, like, mid-chew with a little bit of rice stuck on his face and is like, what? Um, Torus thing of <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's the thing you pointed out. And then only saying the last. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's stuck on his back. <laughs> and Toru's like, well, if you think about someone's good qualities as the umeboshi, which is the pickled plum on the back of an onigiri, it's like their good qualities are stuck on their back. And people around the world are like onigiri. Everybody has an umeboshi with a different shape and flavor and color. And because it's stuck on their back, they might not be able to see it. And so she imagines this like sad onigiri being like, there's nothing special about me. I'm just white rice. <laughs> and she's like, that's not true. And then with a soft smile, she says, maybe the reason people get jealous of each other is because they can so clearly see the umeboshi on other people's backs. 
And she's like, I can see them perfectly. There's an amazing Yoeboshi on your back, Kyokun. Samokun is wonderful, and Kyokun is wonderful too. And Kyo blushes, and then it's his turn to freak out for once. Uh, I always was saying in the past couple chapters when we talked about it, I'm like, and then Toru freaks out, and then Toru freaks yeah. out. Now it's Kyo's turn to freak out. <laughs> and he's like, where do you call up with this stuff? Why are we both? Is this some kind of metaphor? Yes, it is. It's, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and she's like, oh, sorry, I should have used salmon instead. Um, but the, the kettle, the tea kettle whistles, and that interrupts her, so she stands up to get it. And Kyo quietly says, hey, you know, there's one on your back, too. And Umeboshi, I can see it. And then they're both kind of getting blushy, blushy. And Toru was like, really? Mm-hmm. Really? And Kyo's like, it's small. And she's like, I love small Umeboshi. <laughs> um, and there's some overlaid narration, which is like maybe Toru saying, even now someone might be envying another for something that they don't see in themselves. And that might be, uh, they might be longing for a quality they already possess. When I think of it that way, even just a little, I realize that I need to do my best with the qualities I have, even if I can't always see what they are. Which is adorable. <laughs> the scene is also one of those like iconic yeah. scenes. Yeah, it's it's one of those. I think it's one of those things that's one of those other scenes where the people remember from the series, and also yeah. something that really clearly hammers home one of the concepts from the series, which is mm-hmm. like everybody has good things about them, and everybody's different. For your, for your five paragraph essay where you have to pull out some themes. Yeah. That's one of them. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, for the pop for, this work for the essay that's due at the end of this podcast that everyone needs yeah. to write and turn into us. <laughs> here's a theme. Here's an example scene for you. <laughs> uh, okay, so we cut back to school later. It seems like it's like the next day or something. Like it's not very, um, it's not very clear. Um, but we cut back to school and Kyo and his chums. It seems like it's his friends from before are building the onigiri stand. And he says the frame is shaky, and they're like, well, it's not like we're building a house, cat lover. It's fine as long as it doesn't break, cat lover. And Kyo's like, why do you keep calling me cat lover? Which is like, <laughs> well, shouldn't you know? <laughs> uh, and then they're like, oh, you might talk tough, but underneath we know you're a nice guy who loves animals. And Toru is once again relieved that his secret is safe. Um, <laughs> and so I guess even it's fine, even though they're teasing Kyo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Toru looks like she's sewing something, and I think Hana is too. And Uo is just like laying down on the desk again. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's so noisy now that he's back. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're like, so I think they have aprons or something that they wear, perhaps, Mm -hmm. which is, I guess it's a spoiler technically, but yeah, I think they're, they're prepping something for the Onigiri stand. Yes. If you're making food, you gotta be, gotta be safe. Um, And they gotta keep those uniforms clean, you know? (laughs) Uh, Yuki says it's unusual that Kyo came back without much of a fight. And Toru's like, well, that's because Somokun is Somokun and Kyokun is Kyokun. <laughs> and that's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Uo is like, if this keeps up, Kyo will have a fan club too. And then on that note, some <laughs> upperclassmen call for Yuki from the hallway. And it turns out they have bought him a present, hoping that he'll wear it at the culture festival. And they whip out a special costume for Yuki, which appears to be a horrid dress with a sweater <laughs> and like lacy bows <laughs> and like this little permanent boutonniere thing that's on the dress or maybe the sweater i can't remember like little flower things on it and kyo and toru are like wide-eyed and shocked and kyo or yuki looks every time i describe yuki i feel like i describe him as concerned (laughs) this time i think he looks deeply concerned i think mild concern is his most common expression in the early chapter (laughs) mild concern i wrote in my notes sometimes i have trouble describing their expressions in this case i feel like it's simply an expression of oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so we cut back to somewhere not at school 
in another sort of traditional looking house. It looks like a different location than any of the ones we've seen before. And there's a man in a suit vest saying, so because you showed this poster to him, now it's coming back to me. And in a puffy speech bubble that indicates enthusiasm, question mark, <laughs> we see, oh, come on, uh, we get to see Yuki and Kyo. You can't, you haven't seen them in a while, right, Hari? And Toru Honda will be there too. I'm sure you'll like her, Hari. And the besuited man that we understand to be called Hari <laughs> replies, Momiji, you've met Toru Honda. Um, and then a page flip reveals that Momiji is a boy that we met earlier. Um, who says that she did meet her and she's cute in German. In another uh, fabulous outfit with and even more snacks. More snacks! A whole bag of <laughs> potato chips. <laughs> and then the like last... Like, they look, I don't know what they are, but they look like those like giant bakery cupcakes you get. Oh, is that what that it is? You can't, that you can't even eat one of them. <laughs> two. It's really impressive how many snacks you can eat. I yeah. forgot, completely forgot about this, about Momiji, frankly. Yeah. It's just something that I completely forgot was a thing. Anyway. Yeah. He does, I don't think this is a spoiler, but he does talk about food a lot when he's around. Like, he's usually the one who's like, let's make food. Let's go That's get That's true. Food. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there's. I think later there's some times where there's food. And like sometimes, sometimes it's snacks. But I feel like this... Uh, amount the volume of snacks is reduced later <laughs> yeah um it's more healthy later on <laughs> yeah although like i don't so he speaks german and i wonder if he like lives here or if he sometimes lives in germany like i don't this is like not a spoiler because i think that question like i'm asking it as if like it doesn't maybe it doesn't get answered like i don't know but I, all I'm saying is, if I had just recently left Germany and had come to Japan or been living somewhere else and was coming to Japan, I would be eating a shit ton of snacks too. So maybe that's yeah. the situation. <laughs> He's like, I gotta eat yeah, I all the potato chips, <laughs> all the snack cuisine in Japan than Germany, probably. <laughs> Perhaps I don't know. Maybe we're missing out on German snacks. But anyway, the very last panel shows all the kids kind of reacting to the dress, including like one of their other classmates, and he's like, "Hey, in there, Yuki," <laughs> and. Uh, Toru is like, uh, or some unseen narrator is like, I wonder how the festival will turn out. And that's the end of this chapter. So moving on to our discussion topics, I'm sad to say that even with through all of the calamity, there was no more damage to Sekiro's house this time. And there were no fights broken up by hugging, which was shocking to me, <laughs> which I guess indicates perhaps that Yuki and Kyo are like chilling out a little bit. Um, yeah, I think we forgot to actually tally the damage last time. I think you're right. For the record, it, it was I, a lot. It was a lot. I added. I think I, we forgot to talk about it, but what hap The total damage based on last time with Kagura was the roof one time from Kyo, the table one time from Kyo, the interior doors three are up to three, and the paper slash like the paper doors because like when Kagura ran out of the kitchen, I think she broke one of the doors, but it wasn't a paper door, so I grouped them yeah. together, and then uh, which is now three, and then the wall by the front door is one. That was Kagura's mm -hmm. fault. All Kagura's fault. <laughs> um, and then for Frights Broken Up by Hugging, I have two. I think those are from like chapter three or something. It's from before the episode with Kagura. Anyway, so no additional damage to Sakura's house and no additional fights broken up by hugging, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, but we did learn some more about the curse. So we learned that, I mean, we like I said, we kind of saw that the, some of the members who are cursed can attract animals to them or animals have been attracted to the cursed members of the Zodiac before. And this time we just saw the cats specifically coming to Kyo. So we've got this like confirmation, which is a new thing to add about the curse. I think we had, we had like the rats with Yuki and we had like Shigure hearing a dog howl and knowing what it meant. 
So there was shown some connection between them and animals, but I don't think it's been explicitly stated. Right. So now. I think you're right. But so now, yeah, so now we have that that's explicit. So we've got the family has been cursed for hundreds of years. They transform into the animals of the Zodiac and the cat. They can communicate with the... Actually, Shigurai said in the beginning, they were like, we don't have any superpowers. Oh, except we can communicate with our respective animals. So he Mm -hmm. did kind of... They mentioned that. But yeah, now we have some, I guess, information about how it works. So in this case, the cats were drawn to Kyo and he couldn't control it. I think with the rats in the first chapter, Yuki somehow managed to call them. Mm -hmm. So... That's interesting too. Um, and then I don't, it's kind of funny. One of the things I wanted to discuss is that when other people are visiting, so when Yuki and, I mean, no, Yuki, when Uo and Hana come over, Yuki and Kyo are like completely on the same page the whole time, mm-hmm. which I thought was funny. So like they fight all the time, but it's kind of how funny how when like there's a situation that's against the family or like against all of them. They were completely on the same page. Like, when they were talking about Shigeru's money novels, Kyo was like, well, for once, I agree with you. And then when Hana and Uo yeah. are leaving, all their reactions are, like, in sync. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think we're seeing that, like, without the circumstances of their family situation, they would probably get along. Mm-hmm. I think so. And um, and it's like, they can at least be on a mission together, like, when they went yeah. to, to rescue Toru from her family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's interesting. And it's like, their relationship is getting better. And it's interesting to note how much they, how much they envy each other, which is like mm-hmm. one of the whole. It's 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 been a, a recurring. I don't want to say like it's a theme, but it's a recurring mm-hmm. situation in the last couple of chapters. Like I think Yuki mentioned all those things about Kyo a couple of chapters ago, and now Kyo is kind of doing the same thing about Yuki's. Like mm-hmm. Yuki's so great, everybody thinks he's great, and Kyo is like Kyo or Yuki's like Kyo gets along with everybody. Everybody likes him naturally, and. So they envy the same thing about each other. And I don't think Toru's figured out a way to get them to see that yet. Like, she's taken note of it, clearly, and it occupies a lot of her thoughts in these chapters. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, you know, it instigates the whole Umabashi. Yes. <laughs> metaphor. Metaphor. <laughs> yes, Kyo, it's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. And I think the whole... I think th- technically it's a simile, because I think she used as. <laughs> <laughs> It's a synecdoche that Umeboshi represents something. Yeah. It's a part of a whole that represents the thing or whatever. <laughs> I studied literature once. Listen. <laughs> um, yeah. The, and that's also, I think, like, you said a couple, maybe last episode, that the onigiri becomes a symbol of Toru. Mm-hmm. I think it also becomes kind of a symbol of people yeah. um, in a way in this series. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to come back again in that way, but in this that time I did hear oh, thunder. Yeah, it's gonna ring. <laughs> okay. So the onigiri is something. It's a metaphor that they is used, I think. And this mm-hmm. is one of. There's a couple of things in this chapter. In addition to this scene, like this scene of talking about the onigiri being and the omiboshi being, um, you know, like people's good qualities and their inability to see them. There's a couple of times in this chapter where that comes up. It's not just with Yuki and Kyo, but also when Hana talks about their waves, uh, their denpa. Hana says they're. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting to note that Hana said their denpa are different, but good. Like she makes that statement very clearly here. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of this, like it's again, like another hit on this theme of like, everyone is a bit is different, but everyone, you know, has different good qualities, different things that make them good people. Yeah. 
And that's, yeah, that's I think that kind of links to um, Tori's mom's thing that like yep. everyone's kindness is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that was the beginning of this. Yeah. This whole theme. I think there's probably going to be more of that, but this is just another, a really strong metaphor that represents that. So we, we talked about it in the spoilery section of episode one, but we have finally have some more information about the hat. So if you listened and you, to episode one and you didn't listen to the spoilers, um, we just said that the hat's going to come back. And here it is. Now we're talking mm-hmm. about it in more detail. And the hat, if you look back at chapter one, the hat is in Toru's tent. So it's something that she kept with her in the tent. And she's kept it with her now as she's moved from like home to home because of her mother's death. And she tells us a bit of the backstory of the hat where she was rescued by this boy. And then she kept the hat because it's sentimental. And I think that was like, it was a really scary situation for Toru. And so she's kept and held on to that hat. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's more to say about that. It was given a lot of significance and it'll probably come back. <laughs> I think, yeah, it was given a lot of significance. It's shown in context with Yuki and Kyo. So like in the scene while they're talking about it, there's a cut that's like, it seems like it's not related. So Kyo, Kyo comes out of the bathroom and he hears them talking. So it's easy to see him being outside. But there's also a little scene of Yuki Mm-hmm. in uh in bed and i think like maybe <clears throat> that's supposed to imply that it is related to one of the two of them and we're left we're given like unclear information about who is supposed to be related to purposefully mm-hmm. um i think that the hat is set up to be somehow connected to one of them it's just not clear who and it's not really clear how so yeah yeah i think that'll come back um and then we also met some new characters we met Momiji with all his snacks. <laughs> Seriously, like the amount of snacks was mind blowing to me. Yeah. I just, I completely forgot about that about him. And we know that Momiji speaks German. Can we assume they're Somas or not at this point? It wasn't very clear, was it? They're definitely connected to them. They know Yuki they and talk Kyo. Talk about Yuki and Kyo. Yeah, they know Yuki and Kyo. Um, and then we also met the other person who was introduced as Hari. So we like we didn't mm-hmm. get any more information about them. He's shown wearing a, it looks like a suit vest. And he has dark hair. There wasn't a lot of information about them. He's a sharp-dressed man. He is a sharp-dressed man. <laughs> Momiji is a sharp-dressed man. Boy. Yeah. In his own way. <laughs> in, yeah, in a different way. He's, he's, he's leading the pack on fashion. He's ahead of the game. It's, it's all his European fashion sense, clearly. <laughs> it's interesting. Like, I don't... At this point, we don't know too much about him. But I think it's he's also separated as kind of an other because he's foreign. Mm-hmm. Or Toru assumes that he's a foreigner, right? Because of the yeah. way that he speaks. Mm-hmm. And I think it's he's interesting. Got blonde hair, which always means you're foreign in anime. <gasps> yes, exactly. You must be. <laughs> or in this case, you're a Soma and you're possessed by some animal that's blonde. Yeah. Um, like Kyo's hair is orange. We don't, but like we got, so he speaks German. He was in the office, the place where Toru works. And then he was with another person and they know Yuki and Kyo. And like, that's kind of all we got about him. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. And he loves snacks, apparently. Um, So I don't know if there's that much to say about him at this point as well. Um, But they'll be at the Culture Fest, I think. So I guess we'll get to see them soon. Oh, I guess we also should talk about Yuki because Yuki played Daihin Min. So he joined in the card game this time. Mm -hmm. And he was like a little bit hesitant, but then it was fine. And he was like winning, right? Mm -hmm. So I like how Toru just kind of... Like, made him do it. Yeah, she basically forced him to. She's like, here, cut the deck. (laughs) He's like, oh, okay. Like, (laughs) 
Yeah, it was good. Good for Yuki. <laughs> yeah. Good job. <laughs> he did a good job. We learned about Shigure. We finally learned what he does. I did say, I think in the last episode, that there's no Make that yeah. is about him. So we knew that he was a novelist, but we got like Toru's official reaction to him being a yeah. novelist and his smutty writing. And then we also did get um, some information about Shigure's relationship with the person who we think is Akito. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure. It, it looks like the same person that he was sitting with before when he, he was thinking about what Akito said in chapter one or two. I forget exactly which one it was. There was like mm-hmm. a, just a very brief flashback of them sitting together mm-hmm. yeah. and the person, the way the person is dressed and like their hairstyle um, and the fact that they're shown with birds again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all indicative that that's the same person. And I think that that person is Akito. Yeah. Um, and you know, Shigeru has been shown more than once to, be go to be Akito. be sent or summoned to Akito fairly often. So yeah, let's go in there again. Yes, I thought it was interesting how we saw two birds at the beginning of the chapter with Akito, and then there's one mm-hmm. that's like falling at the end. Mm-hmm. I also don't really know, and I also don't know if that bird's supposed to be dead or if it's just falling. It's like not very clear. Yeah. The bird's eyes are open, but it's just been rotated in Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> like I drew a bird and then rotated it. Um, I just. Uh, it has some kind of significance. I'm not sure. We see this bird imagery yeah. a lot with Akito. Yeah. It's clearly symbolism of some stripe. <laughs> yeah. We're, so we're building on that. I don't... I'll leave. Oh. Ooh, that was loud. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I'll... finish this power. <laughs> All right, sweet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to discuss that's not spoilery? Yuki We learned a bit about Toru and Hana and Uo's friendship. They've been together for a long time. Mm -hmm. They're very close. Yeah. I think also just going back to with Shigeru and Akito, he's also being pretty dickish. Yeah, he is. It's It's like Toru's better than you. And it's like, why? Why is that important to you? Seems like an unusually harsh thing to say from what we've seen of him so far. Yeah, and I think the way they are positioned, like the way they're drawn, mm-hmm. um, like Shigure, I guess you could say that usually when someone is pictured from below, they're in a position of power. And so yeah. it seems like Shigure has some kind of power over Akito. Akito is positioned in this, uh, mm-hmm. from above. Yeah. So I think that that means something also, but our relationship, mm-hmm. our understanding of the relationship is not very clear. So it definitely looks like Shigure is berating Akito. Shigeru is pictured from above, so he's in a position of power. And then mm-hmm. Akito also says, like, well, I know my glasses have empty or something. Um, mm-hmm. This is a, a metaphor, or like a saying that I didn't look up in Japanese. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's like something else, but um, mm-hmm. Akito, I guess, admits to having not being as good as someone else, uh, as Toru or whatever. Um, he's being aware of their position in life. <laughs> yeah. I think that might be what that's saying. Perhaps. It's a bit... Being it's turned a, around to mean at that point, maybe. Yeah. It's kind of a... It's a subtle exchange. I think we might see more... Mm-hmm. Like, we might have to wait to get more information yeah, about the relationship to interpret it. I think it's it. mostly notable for how odd it is at the moment. Yeah, and Shigure... Shigure acting kind of out being of character a dick. for what we've seen of him. Yeah. And, he seems very different. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, any other non-spoilery things? No, that's all I really had. Okay, me too. In that case, before you lose power. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, we're going to play some music and then we're going to talk about spoilers from these chapters. So for next episode, we're going to talk about chapters nine and 10. 
So make sure you do the reading, as we always say. <laughs> and Collect essays at the start of next class. Yeah, we'll be getting homework next class. So you can find us at staytogetherpodcast.com, uh, staytogetherpodcast on Tumblr, and you can email us directly at staytogetherpodcast at gmail.com if you want to. We're in the iTunes store, and now we're in the Google Play store because they finally <laughs> approved it. <laughs> um, just make sure you spread the word. Got in. <laughs> yeah, we finally got in. They let us in. Because <laughs> we we, as we said before, we were suspicious. Um, <laughs> tell your friends and people that you know that you like about this, or that uh, people that you know like this story. <laughs> tell people that you like. <laughs> tell people that you like and people that you know like this, regardless of if you like them or not. <laughs> um, and of course, you can rate, review, and subscribe. Um, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, we're back to talk about spoilers. Falling on my head like a memory. What do you think the crossover is of uh, Fruba fans and... Oh, man, why can't I remember the name of that band? <laughs> I can't either now that you said oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> Eurythmics. Oh, yes. What do you think the crossover is of Eurythmics fans and Fruba fans? <laughs> probably uh, pretty close to the uh, West Side Story. Yeah, it's probably, probably just us. <laughs> anyway, okay, we're back to talk about spoilers. Uh, I don't know how to start. I mean, I think, like... So how about that really, really early... Akito is God foreshadowing. Yeah, and it was like, oh, should I forgot to say? Did I forget to say the narration that's at the end? No, you said it. You said it. Yeah. Okay, good. That was like wherever this is going. Only even God doesn't know. God, even yeah, God doesn't know. It. Okay. Yeah. Phew. Well, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's like very clearly foreshadowed, and yeah, I never really is. picked up on that. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's you're just like, oh, there's a God yeah. in the zodiac. Guess he doesn't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, I also thought it was... Maybe it's only obvious in retrospect, but it looks like Akito's in a bed. It looks like Shigure is actually on top of Akito. It's, yeah. like, sexual. <laughs> yeah, that was also something I noticed looking back. Yeah, and I don't really remember this scene. Like, it's not something that sticks out of my memory. Not like the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, everybody has a new Miboshi on their back scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that, you remember forever but then this mm -hmm. one you're just like that's weird and then you move on i guess mm -hmm. um and it's yeah, interesting I think it's, I think it's cut like in such a way like the panels yes yeah, not, not really obvious if you're just reading through and if you don't really care i mean at that point you don't really care about akito no. shigure except just you know like ooh, mystery yeah. stuff in the background so you're not going to stop and analyze it but yeah and it's even it's really hard to tell who they are like i mm. have to tread very carefully when we say these things in the in the earlier part of the Mm -hmm. the episode but it's like that person is clearly Akito so yeah. I think it's implied strongly enough that you could that most people have made a guess that yeah. this person is Akito so yeah for sure and but yeah then the way that Akito is shown here is from is from above mm -hmm. so it looks like and then their kimonos are both kind of like rumpled like mm -hmm. okay you clearly were yeah. doing something <laughs> so this that puts the whole scene into an even worse context because it's like yeah. they're having like they're i don't know being intimate and then on top of that shigure is being like really abusive i guess with this mm -hmm. language of being like well Tor's so much better than you and you're so awful mm -hmm. um that really puts a much darker spin on that 
mm-hmm. these things. And then I don't know what up with the bird. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's supposed to be like, do you think the two birds at the beginning are supposed to represent Momiji and Kureno? And because we get the one that is fallen, is that like related to Kureno or to Momiji? I don't know. Is it related to something else? I think it might just be like a metaphor for Akito's world in general. Yeah. I think so. You know, represented by the first time it broke down. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it could be. Like Akito Mm -hmm. is living in this sheltered sort of world and the bird being Mm -hmm. something bad happening to the bird being like this related to this crushing moment where Shigure is like Toru so much better than you, Mm -hmm. perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. We might also, I mean, like I, I purposely try not to talk about it in the, discuss the non-spoilery part but we still might have to wait for more information i think to interpret this scene better yeah i'm not sure exactly how i want to interpret it yet mm-hmm. other than the, like the straightforward interpretation that shigari is being a dick and this is like the first time we're seeing him being <laughs> yeah really ab- abusive to akito mm-hmm. um which is interesting because so many of them get abused by akito and then you have in turn yeah. shigari is yeah yeah it becomes kind of like a, a thing that like shigari is the only one who really talks to her that way mm-hmm. yeah i think so and and, and like, to a lot of other people too like randy yeah. too yeah he's just a dick as it turns out yeah. <laughs> um i don't it's know like it's, it's part of his thing about like, like toward the end he's just something about like trying to keep her like not as secure in his feelings because he's if if she was he wouldn't like care about him as much or something but yeah it could be but yeah it's and they obviously have an interesting relationship. <laughs> yeah, interesting is your your choice word to describe it. They have a they have a deeply fucked relationship, I think, as you described yeah. it also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely see that more. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that the banquet, this like a new banquet begins, mm-hmm. is framing this chapter specifically. I think it's because it came like right after Tora coming back from her family's house. So she's yeah. now a permanent fixture in the Somas. So it's like now it's really starting. Yeah, you're right. You are right about influence that. Influence on the Somas. And like more, I think more people are about to be impacted by the curse as well. So like she also brought, this is the first time that Hana and Uo are brought into the Soma family. Like they came to Shigure's house. Mm-hmm. And of course, like we know their relationships develop with the Somas too later. Yeah. So, and then we also had Momiji and Hattori otherwise known as Hari. I was like, I can't say his full name. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not in here. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like they also, there's more and more people who are getting involved in this story. So maybe like, it's Mm -hmm. also part of that. Yeah. The the boulder has been tipped over the (laughs) the edge of the hill. Here come all the characters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But yeah, I think you're right. You're right. I think that it's like related to Toru's permanent intrusion into the family life now. Mm-hmm. Shigure is able to go back and use that to manipulate Akito yeah. now that he knows that she's continuing to live there mm-hmm. um, which is interesting yeah so oh, so we got to meet Momiji and Hattori we just started to see them and yeah. we talked about this a lot but I'm just like what the F with Momiji and all the snacks it's like <laughs> I don't think there's anything meaningful about it I just completely forgot like yeah. he's not really like that later mm-hmm. um, and then this German we kind of t- I think we talked about it in another spoiler section or I might have cut it where we were talking about Omichi speaking German and then he never does again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think he does like one off words here and there. Yeah, I think so. But like this is the I think the most amount of German he ever speaks. Yeah. And I, I think th- uh, she probably wrote that and then was like, well, I'm tired of looking up German. <laughs> <laughs> or getting a translator to translate yeah. it or something. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah. The thing I was thinking about at the end, I'm not sure because you didn't get a real clear look at the house, but I always assumed that was Hattori's house, but I think it might be Momiji's at the end. Maybe. I think Hattori might be visiting Momiji rather than the other way around, and so you see him, you know, living in his own house. Maybe. All alone. <laughs> I'm looking at it again since you said that. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be. I mean, their houses probably look very similar because they're both inside yeah. the main house. There's something that's, it looks like Hattori's kind of like standing outside of a threshold looking in and Momiji's really comfy and yeah. eating and stuff. But yeah. No, it totally could be. Just the thought I had in passing, like, huh, I wonder if that's Momiji's house. Well, when Hattori's house comes back, maybe we'll creep in and we'll see. We can look back and see which one it was. Yeah. And Momiji's mm-hmm. house too, when they, yeah. both of them show up later. Momiji's house, my recollection is that Momiji's house looks a bit more modern than Hattori's. Mm-hmm. So it could yeah, be I think Hattori's is really traditional looking. It's got like mm-hmm. fountains and stuff. <laughs> Does it have fountains? I don't know. I think it's got like a little like river. Or <laughs> Maybe. Or I feel like it's got a really much more traditional looking Japanese garden the whole... aesthetic to it. It does. It has all the rocks. Like when she yeah. falls on the rocks. Um, the the whole main house is really fascinating to me. Like the layout of the main house. There is a map that Momiji draws in oh, that yeah. one part. But it doesn't really explain the relationship of everything. There's mm-hmm. also a scene where Toru is running through the main house where she and sneaking around like video game style to bring um to bring Kareno the DVD of their performance. Yeah. And like that's one of the more detailed things of the Soma house, like the main house with mm-hmm. the gardens and everything. I think it's like this huge my my understanding is that it's a huge complex and that they have little small each of them like Tori has his own house within that complex, Omiji has his own house within the complex and there's the main big house as well. Yeah. And there's a bunch of gardening and stuff and landscaping in there inside mm-hmm. there and it's completely gated it's interesting so we got actually i mean technically we got a little bit of we saw a little bit of information about that but i think we mm-hmm. also need some more information to make to see exactly where that was set yeah lomiji is interesting like mm-hmm. do you think that he we know that he develops feelings for toro later but i wonder mm-hmm. if he kind of had those feelings from the get-go because his mm-hmm. first comment about her is that she's cute yeah i wonder if all his like he gets away with all this like childish like huggy behavior, but I wonder if yeah. he also thought that she was cute. I think, yeah, I think he's probably reasonably attracted to her from the beginning. I think but, so. Yeah, because I think there's a thing after his growth spurt. Maybe that's why he's eating so much. He's about to go through growth <laughs> <laughs> He's just eating potato chips all the time. That's yeah. what you sh- should do if you're growing. Yeah. But yeah, they have the whole thing with like teenage boys when they're hitting a growth spurt. Mm-hmm. Just like eating your entire refrigerator. <laughs> yes. There's no one there to make sure he's eating healthy food, so no. he's just gonna eat snacks. No, he's left to his own devices. Yeah. Um, but like after his growth spurt, he says something about how like he enjoyed being small because there's things you can only do when you're small. Oh, which yeah. I think part of that was that he can get away with. So. I the first time I read this, <laughs> when he kisses her, I was like, man, whatever. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult, <laughs> so many so many things change as an adult. But one of the yeah. things was just like that is so. It's like not okay. Yeah. Like he's, that's probably that's another thing he gets away with because yeah, you know from like Tori's perspective, like she doesn't even realize he's almost her age mm-hmm. for a while mm-hmm. once they like actually are introduced. Yeah, and so she's cool. So with he it. just he seems like a fairly young boy, just yeah, you know, overly friendly foreigner. Don't we have that reputation? Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Just, maybe maybe European foreigners do. <laughs> I don't know about North I think, Americans. I think we do actually. Oh really? He talks about how Americans like won't stop talking to them. Won't stop talking to them. Won't stop <laughs> touching them. Just, like, probably talk to strangers. And Ugh. I think there's somewhat of a reputation of foreigners being more loud and 
friendly and enthusiastic. Kissy, kissy, <laughs> and handy. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And yeah, and Toru, I think it's interesting that Momiji, so just like Kyo, Momiji is also positioned as an outsider in that way. Like he's the first kind of like language that she used to describe him as just like a foreigner. Mm-hmm. Even Toru, who's like very generally accepting of people, still like really off put by his behavior, I think. Or yeah. like not off put, um, but surprised. Surprised and overwhelmed, I think not is sure the word that I'd it, use. Yeah. yeah, by his behavior. Um, so he's also kind of positioned as an other in the same way that Kyo is like kind of in an extra way. Like not just he's a Soma, which we know, but he's also foreign. He's completely foreign mm-hmm. and he acts in a specific way that's yeah. overwhelming. And I think he's also one of Akito's least liked somas mm-hmm. outside of Kyo. So. And Rin, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I wonder if that has to do with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's, maybe it's not even that he's least liked. I think that, I don't know how to describe it. Akito could pick on him even more because he doesn't have parents to... Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I think that at least has the impression that he's least liked. Because I think at yeah. one point someone's like, you should be careful, Akito doesn't like you. He's maybe. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's possible. And Akito does, yeah, like, are... slap him in the, or, like, he, uh... Akito comes to like wail on Momiji and Toru mm-hmm. stands up for him. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was interesting to see Momiji in this way. This is the very first time, and mm-hmm. it's going to open up so many things. <laughs> There's yeah. so many things to come. Yeah. I think yeah. Momiji might be my favorite Soma. You think so? I think he might be. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who my favorite Soma is. Momiji and Hattori are definitely some of my favorites. So, it's kind of fun that they're introduced at the same time. Yeah. And they have an interesting relationship. Yeah, they'd really do. <sighs> Who's my favorite Soma? Not that you asked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I do really like Kyo. I think that he has mm-hmm. a really deep heart. Like, he cares so much for other people. And then I always, yeah. I feel an affinity for Rin because she's trying to do, she wants to free heart. She's trying to do something that she for someone that she mm-hmm. cares deeply about, and I respect that. But it's very difficult for her. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like all of them. I know. I don't know how to but say who I like. Maybe Hero, and I don't even dislike Hero. <laughs> he's fine. He's kind of there. <laughs> yeah. There's not. I think Hero gets better later when he's like little baby sister is born. Yeah. I like Kisa a lot. I wish there was like more scenes with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like anyway. Ayame a lot. Oh yeah, Niyame too. Yeah. I don't like Shigure. I can probably say that with yeah confidence, especially after I mean, this one scene. He's uh he's fascinating, but I'm not sure if I like him. Yeah. There's <laughs> I a like t- reading about him. Yes. As a character, I like when he's on page because there's always something interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But I'm not just like, oh, Shigure, I love him so much, like I do when I read oh. other <laughs> character scenes. Like Yuki. You're like, oh, Yuki, I love you. You're so... Yeah. You're getting there. <laughs> um, yeah, Shigure, you're like, you're so funny, question mark. <laughs> there's always this, like, especially when you know later, like when you start it's to like see these scenes. always doing something, aren't you, Shigure? <laughs> <laughs> you always got something on your mind, don't you? Yeah. I thought it was. I thought this was early to see this like interaction between him mm-hmm. and Akito. I also didn't remember yeah, I'm that. Yeah, how much is foreshadowed just on that, like those two pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and like the way that he, it does indicate that he's manipulating. <clears throat> he's using Toro to manipulate Akito, which is mm-hmm. something that I thought it's not necessarily confirmed. I guess, mm-hmm. but I mean that's kind of confirmation. I mean he says it just exact like right there without any. Mm-hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? Without any subtlety, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Without obfuscating it in any way. He's like, Toro's better mm-hmm. than you. Deal yeah. with it. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we get some hints at uh, Uo and Hana's backstory. Because mm-hmm. they talk about Toru being her their first friend and that she stuck up for them a lot. Mm-hmm. She's... To get little hints at their unhappy <laughs> yeah. backstories. She was 
Toru was shown in her middle school uniform, which I just said in the description is another school uniform mm-hmm. and she's younger. So, but yeah, she's clearly shown in her middle school uniform in that part, like they're thinking about how yeah. they met. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Uo and Hana, I also thought it was really interesting how they were like, it's not really, um, it shows more about their relationship. We're getting more about them because they're talking about how they made a promise to take care of her at Kyoko's grave. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get that backstory too. Yeah. I don't know if that's something that's spoilery, but like it goes back to all of their experience with how Kyoko's death like changed things yeah. for them. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I took a note of is we get the first kind of indication like the rat is seen as special yeah. in the Zodiac. Yes. Which comes up several times later on, especially with Keto. horrible backstory yeah <laughs> yes special yes yeah yeah we did and kyo was the i felt like the way that that dialogue was supposed to be positioned was that it was someone else saying that like mm. it wasn't baby kyo thinking that it was no. someone saying that and he heard right yeah yeah well there's a whole thing with kyo about how all those hurtful things people said around him when he was a kid really affected him because mm-hmm. they just assumed he wasn't listening or didn't know what they were talking about mm-hmm. or they just didn't care actually yeah well, that comes up as like multiple times where they're like, he's a kid, he doesn't know what we're saying, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Kasuma's like, no, it's not fine. Yeah, he's like, no, no, kids know when you're talking shit about them. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Unfortunately for Kyo, yes. And like, yeah. Yuki, I thought it was interesting the way that Yuki's shown there, because he's shown in his little like kimono, his little coat. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen that a couple of times, but he looks like, it's not like he looks happy that he's being called special either. Like, he's just kind of there yeah, in the background. Kinda, like, his shoulders are kind of hunched in that scene. Like, he's yeah. shown from behind, but he's kind of hunched over and yeah. isolated. Yes, he does. Yeah, like, they <laughs> both look isolated, actually. Yeah. Like, Yuki's on a pedestal, but Kyo, mm-hmm. is, Kyo is also isolated for not being special enough. Yeah. Like, he's quite put down. The whole uh, isolated by being seen as above others is a strong theme farther along. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's a big thing that comes up with Akito. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. But also it's Yuki a lot. And Yuki. Yeah. I, th- I also thought, so, uh, did you have anything else to say about that? Because I'm going to talk about something else. No, those are okay. big things on that. <laughs> so, Toru, um, in the last episode, I can't remember what chapter it was, but she was like, I haven't had my first love yet. And then when she's talking mm-hmm. about the hat, she's like, maybe that boy, in a way that boy was my first love. And it's like, wait, mm-hmm. wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think that's supposed to be inconsistent or anything. I think it's just like how she's talking about how yeah. much she cared about that time. Yeah, it's also possible that like talking about it to Kagura made her think of that. Like maybe that actually was my first love. Yeah, maybe. And I love how they're like, wouldn't it be an even better uh, story if you met him again and fell in love? And it's like mm. it's happening. But I can't. <laughs> is it? I also can't remember if it's Kyo. It's Kyo wearing Yuki's hat. No, right. it's the other way around. Oh, it's Yuki Kyo's hat. Damn it. I always yeah. forget. So mm-hmm. Yuki was the one who who found yeah. her, which was great. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I mean, that was a, a source of strong speculation for a long time mm-hmm. when the series was coming out. Who was wearing the hat? Who was wearing the hat? And I also tried to say it very carefully. That's like, they're both shown as being potentially the ones who are wearing the hat. Yeah. Who are involved with the story. So mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that, that's fair. I think, both pe- I think most people picked up on that, which is why it was such a... Yeah thing to talk about. I, I don't it, think we get that much more about the hat until it's revealed. So there's lots of like, who was wearing the hat just based off of that. Who was wearing the hat? I think the hat is shown again later. Yeah. I think it gets referenced on there twice. Like, I think we get a scene of like, because you have Kyo listening to the story and he obviously remembers it or yes. recognizes that something 
recognizes the hat in this scene. And I think you also get a later scene in a later chapter with Yuki looking into Toru's room and seeing the hat and having a significant facial reaction. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Did you want to check Verb? See how he'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut out so many things. <laughs> All right. Um, I also, I don't think this is like, I said it in the discussion and I don't know if it's like super spoilery, but I like, I just like the way that Hannah says their ways are different, but they're good. Like they make all these really mm-hmm. interesting, like it does hit on that theme over and over again of like people are different and we need to accept their differences and people's differences mm-hmm. are something to be celebrated. And I thought yeah. that was interesting to see also really early too. Be yourself. Be yourself. <laughs> you all have your own special qualities. Mm-hmm. We all have Kayla. I can see a plum on your back. <laughs> <laughs> Bowie, I can see a plum on your back too. <laughs> in case any of this bird noises make it in here, Kayla has a pet bird. <laughs> His name is Bowie. Okay, I think that's all the spoilery things. Like we, mm-hmm. again, like this chapter seems like maybe the the kind of like Tor moving in with them and then moving out or moving back in with them is one kind of like mini arc and now we're moving into like the rest of the story so it's almost like all these things that are happening are setting up i think it's a good point that you called that out because i didn't really think about Mm -hmm. it that way but all these things that are happening are setting up many many things to come yeah i think in a way like the first volume is almost the prologue yeah kind of and this is this is like when the you know when you're watching a movie and a really long bunch of stuff happens and then the title yeah (laughs) yeah i think you're right um about that like that's how it feels. I feel like when we start, every time we talk about these chapters, yeah. it's like we can say a couple of things and then it's like, okay, that's it. Um, because there's yeah. so much more to come. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a, there's a lot that's set up early on. That's kind of fun to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we're going to see the Culture Fest episode will like hammer some of the, like we'll get some of this stuff because we'll see, finally get mm-hmm. Momiji's personality in Tori um, yeah. and more information about, because like Tori brings the photo back to Akito. So like we're going to get. Yeah. We start to get more of a, more of the big the big things yeah i think so <laughs> the big moments okay in that case i think that's the end of this mm-hmm. episode for now so like i said before you can find us at staytogetherpodcast.com so you get a podcast on tumblr you can email us tell your friends etc rate review and subscribe <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> delivery vehicle of your choice and next time we're going to talk about chapters nine and ten so we'll see you then bye bye and also, thanks for listening. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs>